Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, welcome back to the show. I had a lot of fun on hour number one going over the results of our Saints fan survey. The now annual, the traditional. I'm calling it two years makes it a tradition. A Saints fan survey here. Thanks to everybody who responded and voted in all the polls that we put up over the last handful of days. Lots of surprising responses and maybe some unsurprising responses also. Anything from roster cutdowns to Drew Brees' expected play this year, expectations for the team. All those results are now up at WWL.com as our featured article. Again, thanks so much. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll, when is it not too early to describe a player as a bust? Not just in the NFL. I think this applies to all sports. We're talking about professional athletes here. Is it two years in, three years in, four years, five years in plus? I'm somebody actually who would like to Make it up. If I was voting, it'd be five plus years. I'm not going to call anybody a bust until kind of their career is over. And, and this was, yes, maybe in response to growing disconcern among Saints fans about Marcus Davenport and maybe his lack of development. I think that is way premature. Frankly, I think anybody talking about that seems like they have an agenda when he hasn't even stepped on a field for a regular season game in year number two. Just slow down and, and watch what happens here. And if Trey Hendrickson is getting more snaps defensively, maybe at the expense of Marcus Davenport, I don't think you should consider that an indictment of Davenport. I just think that you can, should consider that an improvement and development of Trey Hendrickson, who's looked darn good in training camp later this hour we'll go back to back inside nfl training camp and we'll go to new york and to dallas but first let's talk some saints with former saints and nfl linebacker and super bowl champ scott shanley scott how you doing tonight i'm doing good how you doing look i i'm great um i want to ask you about you were hanging on the phone line there we were talking about davenport and hendrickson and this is something that every night on my show scott people want to talk about it oh is marcus davenport is he not developing does trey hendrickson is he gonna take his spot on the defense what have you seen there from those players this preseason well it's it's hard to know without knowing 100 if both players are 100 percent healthy um, I think it's a little shocking that Hendrickson, Hendrickson is playing a little bit more than Davenport because of what they invested in Davenport. Um, maybe he's got something lingering. Maybe they just want to make sure he's 100% healthy for the regular season because he had some uh, nicked-up issues last year. I don't know. But um, like I said, if everything's equal and both players are 100% healthy, I don't think it's a good sign that somebody you invested two first-round picks in um, is not – is not playing more than somebody else who at one time was maybe on the bubble of making the team. Um, there's a lot of weight. There's a lot of pressure on Marcus Davenport, um, mainly because you gave up two first-round picks. And at that year, uh, when everybody's expecting the Saints to build for a future franchise quarterback, you give up two first-round picks, you automatically know you're putting yourself in the hole a little bit as far as drafting a quarterback in the first round. So there's a lot of pressure on Marcus. And maybe a lot of pressure, of course, on Sean Payton, Mickey Loomis, and company, too. They're the, they're the ones who drafted uh, Marcus Davenport. You know Sean pretty well, his coaching staff uh, pretty well. Are they 
in such a win-now mode, and I, I'm hoping the answer to this is yes, Scott, that they don't care about where a guy was drafted, if Trey Hendrickson is the better option on that defensive line, you know, in base packages, they'll play him there? No, no doubt. And I think to to Coach Payton's credit, he's always been like that. Um, I mean, many examples, the, the most famous example is Antonio Pittman getting cut for Pierre Thomas. And, and uh, you know, Coach Payton doesn't care that us talking on the phone, freaking out about Marcus Davenport, maybe not playing over Hendrickson is a big deal. Um, it is a big deal to us because we're talking about it. But to him, if somebody's outperforming somebody, they're going to play. And it doesn't matter what your contract says, where you were drafted. And to Coach Payton's credit, it's rare in the NFL that they do that. Um, because, like you said, when you draft somebody that high, it, it, it's a stain on your record a little bit. But you know, Coach Payton is always in a win-now mode, and whoever can help him win, that's who's going to play. I would assume, Scott, that players really respect that, that when you walk into a training camp locker room and OTAs, that, you know, it doesn't matter what you did before or how many zeros are on your paycheck. You're kind of on level playing field. Without a doubt. And I think, like I said, it's rare. It's You would think it would be like that all throughout professional sports because it's the business of winning. But, but front office and coaches want to be right. They want to be right about where they're drafting people. And uh, as a player, when you sit in a locker room like that with a coach like that, you know you're not not playing because of politics. You know you're not getting a fair shake because of what your contract is like. So I think that's what gives the Saints and, and the Patriots and teams like that an edge throughout the NFL is, is players know that if they perform, they're going to get a play on Sunday. Well, a guy that they were right on, no doubt about it, was Demario Davis last year, who they got in free agency somehow out of New York. I still have no idea how New York let this guy get away. Over 100 tackles, over five sacks last year. And, Scott, you know this, he looks better this this preseason, this camp that he did last year. He is a monster, man. He is. And last year, you know, the Saints have been trying to find that middle – uh, that guy to man their defense, to be the quarterback of their defense, whether it's middle linebacker, outside, whatever it may be. And he brought that. I mean, he was one of the best free agent signings they've had. And to DeMario's credit, as a veteran player, played his best football last year. And I think for me, being a former linebacker, I knew a lot about DeMario uh, as a tackling machine. You look at his stats, a lot of tackles, played in a 3-4 defense for the Jets and was kind of a thumper. The one thing I did not expect and where his game has really evolved last year and this year is his ability to play in space, his ability to blitz and to cover running backs and tight ends. You didn't see that from him in New York. And I think it's a credit to Dennis Allen, um, allowing him to use his skill set, maybe, maybe like they didn't do in New York. So tomorrow he had a pro bowl year last year. Should have went to a pro bowl over Anthony Barr, no doubt. Yeah. I was a snub. One of the biggest snubs. I thought we're talking to Scott Shanley, former saints linebacker here on the last lap at Scott Shanley on Twitter. One of his uh, mates in that linebacker core is Alex Anzalone, now in his third year. What are you seeing from him this preseason? What are you hearing about him? I think Alex is an outstanding, outstanding linebacker. I, I think anytime you play as early as you do as a rookie, uh, his size, his explosiveness. Whenever I see a guy with that build who can stay on the field for all three downs, those are special players. And so the Saints definitely hit when they drafted Alex. The big thing for him was staying healthy. He got hurt his, his rookie year, stayed relatively healthy last year. If Alex can stay healthy and continue to grow and, and take advantage of all those repetitions he's getting, I think he has all pro, pro bowl potential. He has that type of athletic ability. Um, so with him and Demario Davis playing a lot of snaps and nickel, the Saints have two of the better three-down linebackers in the NFL. Is this the best that linebacking core has been since you played for him and won a Super Bowl with him, Scott? Without a doubt. I think when I watch those guys, they, they made that defense go last year. The defense really played well, especially down – 
late stretch of the season. Um, DeMario's veteran leadership, Alex's young explosiveness, playmaking ability, um, just a lot of athleticism, but leadership and guys who do what they're supposed to do. They're, they play within the framework of the defense and make plays when they're called upon. So I think that linebacker core, uh, it's been a while. They've been trying to reshape it and trying to find the right mix. I think they definitely found the right mix with this group. They did. The only guy that's not there this year from last year in that group anyways is Manti Teo. And, and look, if you look at the entire defense, Scott, it's incredible. In today's age of the NFL, when about 50, 40, 50% of your roster is turning over every year, almost everybody's back defensively. I mean, now that Sheldon Rankins especially is back, you lost Okafor, you lost Manti Teo, everybody else is back. Is that a good thing? I would assume it is, right? It is. It's definitely a good thing. Whenever you can play together, you understand each other, um, how, what guys' strengths, what their weaknesses are. Coaches understand what packages to put players on the field because they've seen them enough. And it's just trust. As a coach, you want to trust the players you're putting out there. The more you see them, the more you trust them. And playing with guys, you, you learn to trust certain guys in certain situations. And to me, uh, listen, the Saints offense always gets a lot of the credit, and they definitely should. I mean, they've been outstanding every year with Drew running and Coach Payton. But I really feel like this defense, what I saw out of them last year, that, that when you watch the 2019 Saints, I feel like this can be one of the better defenses in the league and potentially the strength of the team. And we mentioned Sheldon Rankins coming back. We got that news yesterday. Still probably four or five weeks away from actually playing in a game for the Saints. When you're playing behind a guy like that, that is a force in, in pass rush, he's going to have double-digit sacks last year if he didn't get injured. Very good against the run. How does he help everybody else on that defense, Sheldon Rankins? Well, Sheldon last year, it was unfortunate the way his season ended because he was outstanding. I mean, he, he started to play like the first-round pick that everybody thought he, he would play like. I mean, it took him a, a little while to get going, but he really found himself last year, and it's all about how his rehab went, if he can come back to that strength and that explosiveness. But, again, another guy, young guy who was having a Pro Bowl-type season, and when you play behind defensive linemen like that who can stop the run, as well as rush the passer because they're explosive. They're a rare breed, and I tell people all the time, the biggest difference from college football to the NFL is the big guys. They're, they're insanely explosive and athletic, and the Saints have done a good job of building along that defensive line, giving Cam Jordan help. So hopefully Sheldon comes back full strength. Now you mentioned that Sheldon's very good against the run in the past there. Going back to Marcus Davenport, we see teams, even in this preseason, certainly last year when he's in there, they are running right at him. Is, is that a big concern of yours that maybe – he hasn't developed that part of his game or needs to here this season? Yeah, I think so. I think, well, you look at Marcus. I mean, he went to a small school. There's going to be a learning curve as far as he didn't face, you know, SEC type or Big Ten type competition week in and week out. So there's a learning curve as far as going against that type of competition. And then it amps up when you go to the NFL. So when you draft a guy that high as a defensive end, first and foremost, you want production out of him, but you want him to get sacks. I mean, you draft him because, Cam Jordan's getting a lot of attention. You want him to get pressure on the quarterback, and he has that ability. He's long. He's explosive. But now he needs to understand the other part of his game that makes him a complete player is being able to anchor down and not just rush the passer every time, but understand when it's a run play, what the down and distance situation is, looking at the tackle. Is he leaning back? Is he heavy on his hand? And those are the things that will help him anticipate whether it's run or pass because he has the ability to be a complete defensive end, but – Right now, I think he's so focused on getting sacked because that's what everyone's going to measure him by, you know, as far as um, bust or not bust. It's still early in his career, but 
those those defensive ends who can play the run as equally well as the pass, those are special players. Hey, he's mentioned a lot about you know the, the media and having to talk to them and the expectations that they put on him was a little unexpected. Was that a big challenge for you coming into the league and then being surrounded, especially in training camp, every day, people asking you questions? Well, I think, you know, not so much for me. I came in the league seventh-round pick. Nobody expected anything out of me. I got traded for a seventh-round pick to the Saints. So everything after that, you know, any production I was able to give was was icing on the cake. When you talk about Marcus, you know, earlier in the show I said there, there's a lot of expectation. I mean high expectation. It's not like they just used one of their normal first-round picks. They, tra- they gave up another first-round pick. That's a lot invested into a player especially when you got to find a quarterback someday. So there, there's a lot of pressure on Marcus, and he seems like he has the type of attitude and the mental toughness not to let that weigh him down. And, and you know, I don't think you can really judge anybody if they're a bust until after maybe year three or four because those are when guys start to figure it out. I, I know as a player, it didn't really click for me until really year three, and then year four I was off and running. So he's still got a lot of football to learn. Talking with Scott Shanley, at Scott Shanley on Twitter, former Saints linebacker, former Nebraska Cornhusker Scott, and year two of the Scott Frost era. And look, Huskers are ranked, man, 24th. And I'm looking at their schedule and was looking at it when I knew I was going to have you on. Not a lot of losses, I think, on that schedule, man. Can you give us a little breakdown of what, what do you think about Nebraska this year? Well, Nebraska has, has high hopes because it's year two of, of Coach Frost. I think they got the program turned around from a cultural standpoint, got it back to the old Nebraska, um, tough nose, lifting weights, getting the strength up. But they have a lot of hope outside of Scott Frost because of Adrian Martinez. Uh, he was outstanding as a freshman last year. He's on the Heisman watch list as a sophomore. He can do it all. He, he's really explosive, throws the ball well. So it'll be fun to watch him in that offense. And you're right, I think the biggest reason – there's high expectations around the program this year because their schedule is very favorable. And, and, uh, and, and if they can get through that schedule early on, uh, they really just look at Ohio State and maybe Wisconsin as, as really tough games. But uh, that, that team has a chance of surprising people this year. That's what I was going to say. They're, they're going to be undefeated going into that late September game against Ohio State, yeah? They should be if they take care of business. I think one of the biggest games, Colorado is not going to – fool anybody for a national champion this year but it was an old rival they go there early in the season if they can make a statement going on the road in boulder playing at altitude i think they'll give themselves a lot of confidence going on throughout the rest of the year he's scott shanley former saints linebacker super bowl champ former nebraska Cornhusker. scott always appreciate having you on the show thanks for joining us tonight no problem. Thanks for having me on. All right, you bet. There he goes. Scott Shanley's on Twitter, at Scott Shanley. Give him a follow. You'll thank me later. We'll be right back. We're going to go double dipping inside NFL training camp. First, Dallas, and then the Giants as we make our voyage to the NFC. Seth Dunlap, Logan's here. It's the last lap on WWL. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.